Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbats and Hunbros. Welcome to a bonus episode of Life After MLM. Yay! Aren't you so excited? So this is kind of like housekeeping plus the actual show. It's just me today. So get comfy, grab a snack, get a drink, whatever it is. And we are going to tell a story today. Uh, Before we get into that, I wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping and, and kind of explain this whole bonus episode thing that I'm doing. So In 2023, I hope to make bonus episodes like a totally normal thing that happen at least twice a month, if not more. It is a lot of work producing a podcast, and it's just me. I'm also hoping to change that in 2023. Uh, But as of right now, it's just me. So I'm going to try my best to get an episode out every Wednesday, but I cannot promise that. And I'm going to do my best. And, And so I've just sort of been planning out the next three months. It is October. Uh, That means Halloween. That means holidays. Halloween is part of the holiday season. It is my favorite holiday of all time. And so I'm not going to exclude it in the holiday festivities of the holiday season. And because I love the holiday so much, my gift to you guys is, you know, working myself to the bone. Hey, and producing more content. So I've actually been working on a content calendar and trying to figure out where to put everything. I'm very excited. We have so many stories to tell. I've been collecting these stories sort of over the past couple months. Anytime people go, well, do you know the story of this person? Or have you you ever heard of this? Or how did that start? It sends me into this little like mini rabbit hole. Expect for the rest of the year to hear some really cool stories that range from in October, it's going to be a lot more horror and uh, shocking and terrifying things, including literal murder. If you were around last year, you know. Uh, November, we are focusing on cult education, and we are partnering with the I Got Out Foundation, so that is going to be really excited. Keep your ears peeled for that as well. And December is usually like, you know, all of the episodes that you guys have been asking for, and I try my very, very best to deliver them to you. So that's sort of the plan in the next three months. If you guys are listening to me speak right now going, oh my God, I have the perfect story I have to tell her, just email me, email me right now email me the real Roberta Blevins at gmail.com and we can make an episode together or you can submit something for me to read or something for me to research and kind of dive a little deeper. Uh, I love doing it. It's really fun. And the feedback from you guys on these stories is really great. And so I want to give you what you want. I just need your help. All right. So without further ado, I want to say that this story was inspired by my talk with Nick, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. We started talking about Tupperware and party plans. And she asked me if I knew who Brownie Wise was, or she had mentioned Brownie Wise or something. And I was like, that name is vaguely familiar, but I've never really looked into the story of Brownie Wise. And I was curious who she was and everything, right? Like, who was she? What she? What did she do? And some of the stuff that Nick told me, she was like, some of the stuff I read isn't even true. And so uh, with Nick's help, she did fact check. She knows a lot about MLM stuff. So she's going to come on and, t- and help me tell um, another story in the future. But the story that I'm telling today is the rise and fall of Brownie Wise. So the woman who would become Brownie Wise was born Brownie Mae Humphrey 
1913 in rural Georgia. Her parents, a plumber and a hat maker, divorced when she was young. Her mother got a job with the hat makers union, which required her to travel a lot. And so Brownie was usually left for months and even years at a time with her aunt Pearl, who was a dressmaker who lived just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. After about the eighth grade, Brownie decided to leave public school and started traveling with her mother on union tours. And on these tours, she got to watch her mother sort of take this command and be this really wonderful public speaking figure. And it was with this that Brownie started to learn about charm and being persuasive. And she ended up deciding that she wanted to become a writer and an illustrator. In 1936, Brownie entered a mural painting contest at the Texas World's Fair in Dallas. And it was there that she met Robert R. Wise, who was in charge of the Ford Motor Company's exhibit. A courtship began, and the couple married a few months later in December. And shortly after that, they moved to Detroit, and their son Jerry Wise was born in May of 1938. So here's when things first start getting interesting. Brownie was a stay-at-home mom. She was home raising her son, and she still really loved creative writing. And so she started writing these really long, carefully, and beautifully crafted fictional stories about her life in a newspaper column underneath a pseudonym. And she was writing in these columns and painting this amazing, like high class lifestyle uh, of, of this beautiful, perfect, happy life with a devoted and loving husband, and just like literally picture perfect, idyllic situation. But the reality of Brownie's life couldn't have been farther from the truth. In real life, Robert Wise was a moody and violent alcoholic, and he had a nasty temper. And after six years of marriage, they ended up divorcing in 1942. So now Brownie's a single mom, and to make ends meet, she starts getting creative. She worked as a salesperson in a clothing shop. She was an executive secretary for Bendix Aviation. She even boarded servicemen in her attic. And she would also trade pies and baked goods for things that were hard to get and in short supply because of the war, like butter. By 1947, she started working for Stanley Home Products, who was a pioneer in the direct sales market. We're talking like old school door-to-door sales. Stanley was founded by two old school door-to-door sales reps who had previously worked at the Fuller Brush Company. And Stanley Home Products sold everyday home goods like brushes and cleaners. But the secret to Stanley's success was in the revolutionary new way of selling products. Salesman Norman W. Squires had reaped record profits by gathering groups of people together in casual party-like settings to showcase his merchandise. Instead of going door-to-door like all of the other door-to-door salesmen, Norman hosted home product parties, and he ended up developing the strategy for the company-wide Hostess Group Demonstration Plan, which was touted as a revolutionary way for married women to earn income. I'm going to stop really quick and let you guys know there's quite a bit of, mm, we'll call them old-fashioned values in this story. So, you know, take with it what you will. It was the 1940s. But it was a very popular business plan. In fact, quite a few direct salespeople learned their tricks of the trade at Stanley Home Products, including Mary C. Crowley, who founded Home Interiors and Gifts in 1957, and her sister-in-law, Mary Kay Ash, who founded Mary Kay Cosmetics in 1963. And 
basically stole the entire concept from her sister-in-law. But that's that other story I told you Nick and I were going to tell on another day. So Brownie checked it out, and she realized that the job was actually perfect for her talents and her personality. So she became part of the sales team, and she quickly climbed the ranks as one of their top salespeople and ended up securing one of Michigan's largest markets. And with all of her success at Stanley, she caught the eye of the owner, Frank Stanley Beveridge, and he became her mentor. But unfortunately, a year later, he told her that upper management was no place for a woman. And essentially, that just lit a fire underneath Brownie, and she became even more determined to prove him wrong. In the late 1940s, Brownie was introduced to a new product created by American businessman and inventor Earl Tupper. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect, effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. It was a polyethylene food container with rave reviews and terrible sales called Tupperware. Brownie was impressed, but she felt that what Tupperware really needed was some of that Stanley Home Products party charm. 
People needed to be able to experience Tupperware, to hold it, to be shown how to burp the lid properly. Several Stanley salespeople, including Norman Squires, who originally brought the party plan over with him, sniffed out this promising product and began showcasing it with other items at their hostess group demonstrations. By 1950, Brownie had moved to Florida with her mother and son and started her own side hustle that she called Tupperware Patio Parties, utilizing the party plan sales technique and outselling major department stores. At her demonstrations, Brownie would fill Tupperware bowls full of water, burp the lid, and then toss them out into the crowd to prove that the lid stayed sealed and the products were leak-proof. People loved it, and Brownie sold $85,000 in Tupperware orders, which is about $850,000 today. That caught the attention of Earl Tupper. See, he had already unsuccessfully tried to start his own party plan with Tupperware, and it went nowhere. So he asked Brownie what her secret was, and together they hatched a plan. New England was going to remain the heart of manufacturing Tupperware, but in Florida, Brownie was going to take over the sales operation. It was then that Tupperware was removed from department store shelves, and the business focused on the home party aspect. Brownie was the perfect saleswoman. She was incredibly connected with her community. She had a firm grasp on the trends. She knew what consumers wanted, and she knew how to make it all work together. She understood the wants, needs, and fantasies of the 1950s American housewife, and she used it to her advantage. She literally wrote the manual on how to host and put on the perfect home party, the education of recruits, the urgent musts, and the vibe of the entire thing. This is an excerpt from her manual. The congenial atmosphere of a party is relaxing. All the guests are imbued with the group spirit of the party. The social spirit of a party tends to lower sales resistance of those present, as well as increase a competitive buying spirit. The buying spirit is contagious. It is a proven fact that you will sell more to a group of 15 women than you will sell to them individually. In March of 1951, Shipping and supply problems from Tupperware threatened to endanger Brownie's business. And so she picked up the phone and called Tupperware directly and demanded to speak with Earl. She was like, you have to fix these issues. He knew how much product she was moving, and he ended up handling the problem pretty swiftly. Shortly after that, she was promoted to the general sales manager of the home party division, becoming one of the company's few female executives. With Brownie at the helm, sales soared, and by the end of the year, Tupperware's board elected her vice president. In 1952, Brownie's team of distributors took over $2 million worth of orders for Tupperware products, with sales tripling in the last half of the year. And so, being such a rock star, Tupperware provided her with an eight-room mansion on a lake in Kissimmee, Florida. By the following year, she was earning an annual salary of just over $30,000, which is around $273,000 today. In 1954, she invented the Tupperware Jubilee, the precursor to the MLM convention, and the annual training convention in Kissimmee, Florida that Tupperware hosts every year. In fact, they just had their 2022 event in August. The events that Brownie threw were lavish, and top sellers could earn free trips to attend. Brownie loved incentivizing her distributors and would present them with exotic gifts, extravagant shows, parties, motivational speeches, and other idioms and rituals over the four-day event, totaling over $75,000 in prizes. 
With all of the popularity of Tupperware, Earl Tupper decided to hire a PR firm, and Brownie Wise became the public face of the company, giving demonstrations to editors at Vogue and Glamour, and becoming the first woman featured on the cover of Business Week. When people began to say that the success of Tupperware was because of Brownie, and that she could literally sell anything to anyone, Earl Tupper became extremely jealous, even with the $25 million in sales that Brownie and her team were bringing in. The following year, in 1955, there was an 8% drop in sales, and Brownie's distributors started to feel a bit neglected. But disaster didn't strike until the 1957 Tupperware Jubilee. At the end of the four-day event, Brownie hosted a luau party on a nearby island for the 1,200 guests. Unfortunately, the weather didn't cooperate as large, ominous thunderclouds headed toward the island, bringing with them a torrential downpouring of rain. Guests rushed to avoid the worst of it, trying to get back to the mainland. Boats crashed into each other in the dark and rough waters, and 21 people ended up in the hospital. Tupperware dealt with lawsuits for years following the incident. There is actually a commemorative plate from the 1957 Jubilee that depicts a wishing well that was installed at Tupperware headquarters, and every attending dealer and distributor was presented one. Talk about the ultimate find for my kitschy MLM graveyard collection. Over time, Brownie became less patient with Tupper's micromanaging and temper, and Tupper was growing tired of Brownie's ideas, attitude, and fame, despite him being pretty much the entire reason she had any fame at all. By January 1958, Tupper had had enough, and he fired Brownie, telling those who replaced her that he wanted every shred of evidence of her gone. She was kicked out of her home, which was owned by Tupperware, and given a 60-day notice. She had no contract, owned no company stock, and was sued and given a $30,000 severance package, which was her yearly salary. Shortly after that, Earl Tupper sold the company to Rexall Drugstores for $16 million, divorced his wife, and moved to Costa Rica to avoid paying taxes. Are we surprised? He died in 1983. Brownie spent the rest of her life chasing her Tupperware success, starting direct sales cosmetic companies again and again, like Cinderella from 1958 to 1959, Carissa in 1963, and Sovera slash Trivera from 1966 to 1969. She was also president of Vivian Woodward Cosmetics from 1960 to 1962, and consulted for Artex, among other companies. She also dabbled in real estate development in Kissimmee with Charles McBurney and George Reynolds, who were both former Tupperware executives. But whenever anyone would hail Brownie as a pioneer of women, she would shrug it off and say, I needed the money for me and my kid, so I got out there and made it. Toward the end of her life, she was an artist and worked in ceramics. And after several years of declining health, Brownie Wise died in Kissimmee, Florida in 1992. Brownie had quite the colorful life. And it is interesting to me that people um, still think that she is the one that pioneered home parties and the uh, the MLM pop-up, but it was actually Norman Squires. So that was an interesting thing, too. That was something that Nick told me. She was like, hey, actually. So I, go, I went down that rabbit hole. So thank you, Nick, for that. This was a really interesting story. 
you know, Brownie Wise was the original boss babe before MLMs were pyramid schemes. I just wanted to tell her story and the rise and fall of her boss babing a little too close to the sun for Earl Tupper's liking. So if you guys know of any fun MLM scam pyramid scheme adjacent stories that you would like me to tell over the next couple months, hit me up, send me an email, and let's make it happen. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again on Sunday. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. <laughs>